A lively nightclub in Daza, on the desert world of Akaton, is pumping music, scores of beings of all races dancing along. For some, this place is a distraction from their bleak day jobs. Others, a holy temple for debauchery. For another, this was his day job. Pushing his way through the sweaty masses, turning down cries for drinks, and offers of companionship, a young human man gives a surreptitious nod to the bouncer in the back. Through these doors, the music is immediately silenced. Walking down dimly lit hallways, the man approaches a door at the very furthest corner of this building. Pausing a moment, eyes closed, he knocks twice. Nothing. After a long minute, he begins to wonder if there's anybody in the office at all. Finally, the sounds of several locks and latches disengage, and it opens. Bright light fills the visitor's eyes, and he slowly opens his lids. Ingvod greets him. Roshan, my boy, come in, come in. This office, now bearable to behold, is austere. Artwork hung all over the walls, low benches and tables filled with credits, jewels, and trinkets of high value. Ingvod is a burly, red-haired dwarf, grins as he sits behind his desk. Now then, Roshan, for your next task. This one may seem a bit beneath your pay grade. However, I need you to take it as seriously as you have any other job. An Isoki man owes me a great deal of money. A great deal indeed. If rather than send my man Oshe, I thought a more delicate touch would be beneficial. What I need from you is to confront this man, let him know he has displeased me, and that the time has come to put up or be shut up. He slides a folder across the uh, across his desk. Everything you need is there. Go to him. Let him know that this is his final warning. And if another of my men has to see to this, there won't be a there won't there will be no warning, and the consequences will be dire. So uh, Roshan kind of hesitates for a second, and then he leans forward and he puts his hand on the uh, on the folder and starts to pull it back. How much am I getting for this one? Well, he owes me 3,000 credits. Has a bit of a gambling problem. If you can complete this job without too much bloodshed, I'll let you have a take a pick of the tables over there. And those are the tables loaded down with all the expensive loot. However, I must warn you that this this contract has a family. And I know you and family can be a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. I just need your reassurances that you will get in, get out. No muss, no fuss. And for the love of Abadar, don't get detached. And then uh, without a anything further he uh, turns in his chair starts pecking away at his keyboard you can't tell what's coming from the computer but he's clearly done with you and he's not a man of farewells yeah and you know this so you'll make your way back out of there the door will shut behind you and then you hear all those latches re-engaging it's just from near the floor to near the top of the 
ceiling. You just hear just slides of the chains, and, and you're back in darkness. And your your vision takes a moment to adjust. That's why you had uh, steeled yourself for the bright lights, because he likes to keep things... He likes to put people off guard when they get back there. Make your way back through those dark halls, back out into the... The, the throng of activity and you make your way to the bar or actually what do you want to do no that that, that actually that that's okay. exactly what i was thinking was like uh, somewhere where like i can get a drink and mm-hmm. you know spend a little bit of time looking sure. at the information mm-hmm. that he's given this this isn't a uh, quiet cafe where you could uh you know peck away at your uh your dissertation you are at a crowded bar there are uh, beings of all races you know coming up to the bar some you know precariously grabbing and returning glasses of drink occasionally you'll have to you know shift aside as uh, a larger being will demand refreshment but yeah you spend a few minutes in this noisy bar going over the file and you see that after a few minutes of trying to read at the bar your drink is delivered. Uh, what kind of drink is it? Uh, I, I probably just whiskey. Okay. Yep. Um, a, a a tall glass of an amber liquid is handed for you. You don't have to pay because, as uh, one of Ingvod's men, every bartender knows that you take your drink. And you're able to find a, a dimly lit booth that you can sit in relative silence. Do you have your moat out at this point? Um, I'd say yeah, just okay. because like I, I have a feeling that like people who see it mm-hmm. might just immediately have a, a, a minor level of intimidation. Mm-hmm. If they have just because they know obviously that that's that's used for fighting in mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Yep, they'd be less likely to become disturbing. Yes, absolutely. Form, so. um, that is the case, and usually people see a Solarian's moat, they think, oh, this guy's connected, this guy has powers many don't understand. And at this point, as you're sitting at this booth, you have your moat providing a little bit of more light for you to read this folder. Why don't you describe what Roshan looks like? I'm going to say that uh, he's very unkempt. Mm-hmm. Um, like, looks like he hasn't had a, a, a good haircut in a while. Mm. Like... I'm, I'm not going to say like down to the shoulders or anything like that, but definitely over the ears. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say not like a full beard, but like thick stubble. Okay. Like, like he took the time to shave one day, maybe a, a couple weeks ago, but what hasn't really gone back to it. I'm going to say black. black jet hair. black? Yeah, jet okay. black. Physically fit? Tall? I would say, I'd say like average height. Mm-hmm. Probably like, I don't know, 5'8", like 5'9". Five, five, okay. Um... Not like jacked, but I'd say, you know, intimidating to look at. You fit enough. Not to, a slouch. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Not not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's why we play fantasy games. <laughs> so okay, uh, this is Roshan as he's going over his folder. He finds that Blib is a middle-aged Isoki man with two children, a wife, who lives in a small hovel in Maro here on Akaton. Uh, he does billing for a mining interest co-op 
and he has racked up, he just has his, his timeline of involvements with Ingvod. Ingvod is a meticulous record keeper, as you probably could tell when you were in his office with all the, the arrangements of the uh, the money and the gems, everything, every, everything categorized and listed in ascending order of value. So Ingvod is meticulous. His records on him show that over the last 30 years, it's just a, a perfect pattern of very, very high wins and very, very low lows. He seems to always pay. There's never you don't really see a break in the uh, information, but this has been going on for a while. So he's been. You can deduce that this is a man who takes risks, and they seem to pay off. Well, towards the more recent ones, the lows have been getting more frequent than the highs. So all of his personal information is there: address, you know, where his business place of business is, information on his kids, what schools they go to. Blib uh, has been in Ingvod's pocket for a good long while, as have you, ever yeah. since you were a child and you were brought into this life, you know the, the allure of having Ingvod at your side. But now it's time for you, it's your, it is, it is up to you to take care of this for him, uh, figure you knock back your drink. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd say that I just just down it, mm -hmm. and then maybe even on my way out, I grab another one and down it as well. Okay. Just that's I, I feel like that's my character style. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the, especially when he's doing something he doesn't necessarily feel good about doing, mm -hmm. he's self medicating. Gotcha. Stealing yourself for this job, you head back out into the evening air. You know that Maro is in another section of Akaton. To describe Akaton would be to describe the real-life city of Detroit. At okay. one point, Akaton was a thriving hub of commerce, as this planet's main export was an ore called Theraton, and it was vital for uh, space travel. But this was pre-drift. Once drift technology was unlocked, once magic started to be used to reach planets, the the need for Theraton dramatically decreased. So Akaton, the entire world, what is populated in this red desert world, has quickly gone from boom to bust. People that stick around here have a hard life. The, uh, the rich that were so rich are still able to stay in power by adjusting to the times, but uh, however, because the population of Akaton is so spread out across this planet, public transportation is how things go. You are in an area of relatively high, relatively high wealth. People here, you, you're in a very swanky nightclub. It's very loud. Ingvod is hiding in plain sight with his. Um, quote-unquote criminal empire just in the back of a club. Morrow is a vast trench city, so uh, a little more about Akaton is this ore, they just strip mine large swaths of this planet, because before it was no real different than our own planet Mars. Um, so huge gashes in the 
surface of this world and they mine it almost to death and then uh, once it becomes clear that there's no more Theraton to be mined it basically converted into living spaces and cities are grown out of it. Okay, so they, they mine it out and then inhabit it. Yep. Yep, the, uh, the, the, the large trenches are cut from space with super lasers and then just along the canyons dot buildings, homes chiseled into the very rock of Akaton's crust itself. Utapau, Star Wars Episode 3. Bridge of the Sith. Yeah. Where Obi-Wan fights Grievous, those deep yes. pits. How, like, those deep pits are natural, but along that, that's where the civilization is. These rings. So, you are in one trench of Maro. No, of Daza. And uh, so you're able to snag public transportation. It's fairly inexpensive. People bounce around. You you have to live where it's cheapest, and you know you go where the money is. So there's always transit going, hauling uh, sweaty miners, just as exhausted um, accountants who have been pounding their heads just as hard as the miners have been pounding the rocks of this planet. It is a difficult life here, but you're able to score transit tomorrow. Tomorrow. To, <laughs> to the city of Morrow, and it's it's pretty bleak. I mean, another Star Wars reference for everyone. Um, think Anakin Skywalker's home of Mos Espa in Episode One. You know, the little hovels. Just everyone, you know, they come out. There are sandstorms naturally. These deep cuts into the planet, much like uh, big cities with skyscrapers. Just that wind, just blasting through there so it's evening time by now people are headed back from their jobs and the night shifts of places are waking up and you see the difference of the bedraggled exhausted day workers versus the bleary eyed stiff to waken night people and you know that Blib and his family have a standing reservation at a local family eatery each week at this night and you walk along these sidewalks, you know, you're shuffling along, and you come across this. It's a, there's, there's an actual franchise called that's called this that's used in Absalom Station. It's called uh, Mama Fats, <laughs> and uh, you're standing outside this restaurant. You peer inside the large pane of transparent steel. I'm not stealing that from Star Wars at all, and uh, you see just families, dozens of families with their dozens of children of all races, just trying to get some decent food in them before heading off to bed. It's a, like people, by the nature of the work and the, the day cycle of this planet, you can almost guess most people's schedules. And you have a file with even more information. So you see, judging from the pictures that are in the folder, you see this family, a, uh, <laughs> a middle-aged, graying, Isoki man with his just as weary wife uh, are uh, spooning food into their own mouths and making sure that their children are eating all the food that is on their plates as well. This is a splurge for them, but it's one that they've always done. That you can tell by that. You can you see the uh, you may even pop open the folder and look at looking at his banking information. You see, like clockwork, at this time of this day each week, they are here. Yeah, so you watch them for a moment. Everyone's, you know, 
no one gives you a second look. You're just a man stopping at a thing, maybe catching your breath. And finally, after a few more minutes, frustrated that their children wanted to just play with all the other children, they uh, they, they leave the Mama Fats restaurant. And as they head out, you follow a few paces behind, but you don't need to keep your distance too much because they, this evening crowd of walkers, its you just become a part of the machine. You're just flowing like a river, just everyone making their turns where they need to. If you're not moving a certain speed, the people behind you will spur you further. If you're moving too fast, the people ahead of you will check your pace, and you're able to follow them. They're chittering about homework and daily duties. Uh, the father scrolling on a personal computer, checking out the scores of the gladiatorial results of tonight's fights, tonight's bouts in Arl. And um, you also know that on a world such as this, that are hard-worked almost to the bone, virtually across the board, this planet, one of their main forms of entertainment is blood sports. They, uh, gladiatorial fights, I mean, I'm just going to keep pulling references to help everyone connect, but um, the uh, the, gla the gladiator, f the arena fight of the monsters versus Anakin and Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll also say that Akaton is very red itself, so, I mean... You transplant the fight from uh, Geonosis. You could almost transplant the footage from Star Wars Episode Two and put it in the vid screens of a Akatonian family, and they almost wouldn't recognize a difference. Ooh, new monsters! To get by, to to let off steam, blood sports is a thing. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so you uh, follow them for. Uh, a good while. They, they clearly don't have their own form of transportation, and perhaps uh, they can't afford regular <laughs> regular transportation <laughs> either. So, it makes sense, that, especially since they have their you know regular splurge. Yeah, too, yeah, they regular splurge. You know, the, this is how they. Yeah, they say. You also see. You're. You also were able to previously know from his billing history. They don't own their own personal vehicle, so. A night out like this, they kind of work it off by walking home, walking to there and then walking back home. And they go to a, eventually they arrive at their location and it's just this sheer canyon wall carved with windows. You see lights, you see doors uh, leading up to, and uh, they... And they disappear into the building. Give me a perception check. 19 plus what? 4. So okay. 23. 23, definitely. Um, as you're standing there, the, uh, the crowds have thinned because you're getting to where people are going into their homes and it's not the main thoroughfare. So the crowds have thinned. You see out of the side of your eye, you see a... You see a Kasatha man, uh, four-armed, kind of conical, top of the head, um, and a, a, a silver bandana over his mouth, leaning against the other building. Oh, sorry, am I walking up to him? Oh, no, no, you just see, you're standing, looking at this building at the corner of your eye, you see this guy, and you recognize him as the brute. And uh, you see this Kasatha man just leaning against this other building. You see him, you know, eyes dart the door to you 
nods, beckons you over with one of his four hands, and you know him as Gorzin. This is Ingvod's brute. Uh, Roshan, I see Ingvod sent you as well. This man owes our boss a lot of credits, and he told me to stick out the joint, make sure you're able to pull it off, and if not, I get to have a little bit of fun. Don't get too excited, Gorshin. I'm, I'm certain I can pull this off without your help. Tell you what, I will give you a full 30 minutes, and if not, I'll be coming in through the front door, or the Ahsoki myself. 30 minutes is fair. Clock's ticking, bounty hunter. And you make your way into the building. Uh, it's, it's not key-coded, there's no security here, this is just... The, uh, the real life term is a flop house. This is just where families eke out a life however they can. You're able to get into the lift with no trouble. You know exactly what floor they're on. Each unit does have two entrances because, but in construction of these things, all units are to code supposed to have two ways of entry and exit. Just in the off chance of any sort of cave in, there's emergency of anything. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just standard thing. Yeah, so um, just standard living conditions dictates every every home such as this has an entrance in the front and the back. And uh, the way it's set up, it's kind of that's not too different from cubicles in an office building. It's just these office buildings have roofs and the walls are much tougher. These are just literally chiseled out of the rock. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, these units are just chiseled out of the rock. And you're able to go to the unit. Yeah, yeah, you go to the front door, and it's 4673, the Keyfax family. Blib and Yvonne Keyfax. Just all right there. This is how any sort of physical deliveries of goods or anything are used by drones. So it just has all their information right there in a barcode that these robots can scan. So you see this is their home. You go around the corner, and there is their back door. Okay. Um, I figure that is there any form? Of, would there be any form of like windows or anything like that? Would there be anything uh, in? Not their unit. They live in the 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 center of this rock thing, so they don't have windows. They just have the two doors. Okay. And uh, the, the they're more expensive to have the nice views because even though it is just carved out of the planet, people that live on the outer portion of the building can see beautiful views mm -hmm. of the canyon itself so they are not able to afford such uh, a living situation uh, yeah so they have no windows you can imagine it's two-door just yeah. pretty crappy <laughs> a little bit yeah just <laughs> like being in a classroom in the center of a building you don't even get to stare out lazily at the window mm -hmm. all right um i'm going to check the door to see if it's locked it is definitely locked. Okay. Um, it is computer locked, though, so why don't you give me a computer's check? Computer's check. All right. Do you have it? Do you I think have... I do. No, I don't. Oh, okay, and you can't with... you uh, That cross on the character sheet with that cross, you can't do it untrained. So, um, oh, okay, okay. Yet, and you come across the back door, it is definitely locked. Unfortunately, your skills... Your skill set isn't... You're not a data jockey. But uh, with the information you're given, you have the passcode for both the front and the back door. Um, 
you're able to punch it in and the door opens soundlessly. Alright. Um, and inside, give me a perception check. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Mama's playing some... That's a six, by the way. Oh, with a six? Okay, with a six. You can hear the kids' uh, protestations about going to bed. You don't hear anything from Blib, the father. And you hear Yvonne fussing with them, getting them put to bed. In the far corner of, of the unit, you can hear com- sports commentary on the gladiator fights for the night. It's, um, it's dimly lit. They just, you know, the, the glow of the vid screen in the quote-unquote living room slash kitchen slash dining room. Um, if I if I just like take a, a peek inside, like does it look like there's anywhere I could step inside, actually close the door so it's not just sitting there wide open mm-hmm. and hide for a moment while maybe the kids. Are... There is a yeah, there is a closet, um, a pantry closet that yeah you you in the dossier that you were given on him, you, you were even given the layout of their thing, and these kind of living poems are all just cookie cutter and it's like the same at one yeah at one point some robot just went through and was just drilling laser holes in these rooms so you know even if it wasn't from this job hell your own personal quarters could look very similar to this mm-hmm. so yeah you're able to get in the door closes shut behind you again and you're able to access the pantry give me a stealth check seven uh, do you not have any ranks in it? Mm, okay, you can do it not. untrained, but so add your dex bonus still. Oh, add dex bonus. Okay. Eight. Okay. I'm usually not the. Mm-hmm. I'm usually not the you know the person to to sneak. I usually just kind of take a. Okay. Um, well, you get in, and as you are starting to shuffle, and as you're starting to shuffle into the pantry. The blib gets up from his chair and he's walking to the uh, other side of this kitchenette area to grab another refreshment, and he sees you. And he whispers, "You're with Ingvod, aren't you?" I think we both know why I'm here. Look, they don't know. They can't know. This, I, I can pay. I know I'm good for it. You know I'm good for it, Ingvod. He knows. He's a smart man. He knows I'm good for it. I don't know why he would send an assassin to my home, but I promise I can pay him out. Can we talk outside in the hallway? I'm going to say yes, actually. Because, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you go I, out. I step past and let him walk by and okay. follow him out. Okay, and he goes out. Just in door case shuts. he to pull anything, mm-hmm. yep. block me out or yep. something. Nope, he goes ahead of you, stands off to the side, door shuts again, and you're out in the hallway. It's dense rock this whole area this cavern so there is slight echo just everything just kind of like you've been in a, have you ever been in a cave yeah okay yeah. that, that kind of like you don't even understand what you're always hearing you just hear that voices get carried so you're there and he says look i'm gonna level with you i don't actually have the money but i didn't want you to kill me in cold blood so thank you for at least agreeing to speak with me i i feel awful but i i went too big i I had inside information on one of the races, and I just, I thought, I thought this was going to be our way off this rock, and it just, it didn't pan out. I, I don't know, are you a gambler? Do you gamble? Sometimes you have to roll the dice to see how well, you just have to roll the dice on your future. <laughs> yeah. No, um, 
So at hearing that he he basically says, I'm gonna, you know, I don't have the money. I'm gonna, I'm like maybe he's just kind of still talking a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm gonna cut him off. And I'm gonna be like, don't bullshit me, Blue. Do you have the money or not? Because if you don't have the money, there's there's somebody who's gonna come in here and kill you. You mean you weren't sent to kill me? I'm here to collect. Um, I'm I'm your last chance. I'm your last opportunity. Blim says, "Look, I, I don't have any of the money. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I may have. You know, I could do a favor for Ingvod. Maybe I could. I don't. I don't have money per se. But if Ingvod would just sit down and meet with me face to face, we could work something out. I could get him info, info that could really pay off in the end. But it's, it's just, it's just not physical currency right now. And from within, you hear." Um, the young Isoki squeal out. You don't understand the Isoki language, mm-hmm. but um, you, I'm sure in your neck of the woods of Akaton, you've heard the cries of baby Isoki calling out for their parents. And he's like, look, I just, just if you're not gonna, just tell Ingvod, just, just let me, let me, I need to get my family safe, but I, I promise you in the morning, I will go and I will go speak to Ingvod in person. Just let me get my, let me get my kins out of here. So Roshan's going to just kind of like pause for a minute and uh, uh, basically at this point in time um, he's remembering his own childhood and um, basically things that happened when he was young that are very very similar and he makes the decision that he wants to help this family escape and because you know Ingvod if Ingvod wanted a piece of anything, Ingvod would already have a piece of it. Mm-hmm. So this this last ditch effort. Um, what was sense motive? Yeah, you believe that uh, Bliv absolutely has something that Ingvod would like. Whether Ingvod would take him up on it, yeah, you you can't be sure. You know Ingvod pretty well over the years, but I'm still gonna like. I I feel like at this point though, like. I'm going to tell him, basically, like, that's not going to work. Your only option is to run. Okay. Your only option is to, to take your family, go into hiding. Sure. Disappear. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm re- reflecting for a moment, and he's about to walk inside, and I stop him um, just for a second, and, and I, I tell him, Blib, Ingvod is not going to do you any more favors. He's not going to, he's not going to talk to you, like... If you show up, you're you're as good as dead. I mean, there's a chance you might not even make it out of this building alive. But that's the only chance you have left. You need to take your family. You need to disappear. And uh, he keys open the door, and his entire house is his his unit is silent. The uh, the crackle of the TV was turned off, and you don't know how. An Isoki looks like when they go pale, but this Isoki has gone sheet white. He calls Yvonne. Nothing. And you heard when you were in there that those kids were not screaming bloody murder because, you know, they're just rowdy from having fun. It is dead quiet in here. They were definitely making noise beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um. And, uh,. Blib goes forward and he's he's sheet white. He's he's he starts running 
into the uh, the living quarters. I'm gonna say that I, I follow him, but uh, before I do, I pull out one of my tactical spears sure. and I extend it. Okay. And I walk in behind him. Cool. And uh, and maybe even just uh, what is it called again? Sorry, moat. Oh yeah, yeah, your uh, your solar moat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to uh, actually turn that into my armor. I okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Way. This is the first time you're doing this. So mm-hmm. uh, the way. The way Solarians work is they they access their abilities from the sun, um, from the photon and the graviton. So the entire time, and maybe you hide it every now and then, but before we set in the bar, it floated around you, and it's a, a stormy, cloudy blue yeah. color. So you engage the armor feature of this, and it surrounds you in a crackling blue energy. So now the dimly lit room has this blue aura around it. Like, you left an old-school monitor on and it went to the blue screen sort of thing. And so you're walking yeah. behind him. Uh, you have a spear out. And the way I do spears and stuff in this is um, it's very it's very obvious when someone's walking around with a spear. So I made spears basically collapsible to about the size of a, a ruler. So you pull one out, give it a flick, and it extends out. It's full four feet. Yeah, four feet uh, in length. And you follow Blib into his quiet home goes into the room and you see there and you go in there and you just hear a thump as you round the corner you go around the corner You after you hear this thump you go around and you see that blib has fallen to his knees the room before you Illuminated only by your solar armor is carnage. You see the you see two small beds with wet spots forming at the head and they're growing. You also see collapse on top of one of the beds the form of Yvonne, the silky mother. And in the corner, sitting on the toy chest, is Gorshin. Ah, Roshan, has it been 30 minutes already? So, Roshan doesn't say anything, he's just, he's, he's fuming at this point, like, this, he had no intention of giving me the time, he was here to basically just make me fail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, I don't think this was mentioned earlier, but this job probably would have been the last job like I'm close to paying off my debt Mm -hmm. this job probably would have been the last job that I would have had to have done for um, Ingvod but of course Ingvod being the kind of person that he is he would have tried to find a way to keep me and just as Ingvod gave you all this data on Blib and his family I'm sure he has an entire folder on your billing history and your transaction history Mm -hmm. so he probably knows that you're debt to him is almost paid mm-hmm. so you could probably infer with uh, a disgusting feeling in your gut as you know that this was never going to end the way you wanted to yeah roll for initiative as gorshin stands up draws out his rifle uh, 14 and was just plus one so 15 okay uh he got a 12 
So, uh, top of the round, uh, you are a Solarian, and we haven't done this yet, but the way Solarians work is they can attune their focuses to Photon and Graviton. Okay. Um, do you know what the differences are? Um, I think I remember, but yeah. I, I... The end result is in three turns. If you choose Photon, you can do a huge explosion. Okay. But if you Or if you choose Graviton, you can pull them closer. Even with the... That body armor. Yeah, yeah, aspect. yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this oh, is so just a feature. This is another ability. It's, it's armor or weapon, mm -hmm. and then the the yeah. other abilities. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, gotcha. Okay, so you said photon or graviton. Graviton's mm -hmm. pulling mm -hmm. pulling enemies towards me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was thinking, as a melee person, you may want to lean towards that. Yeah, that makes Or, but sense. but if you want to do a shit ton of damage to people all around you, it'll it'll pull everyone in. So okay. Oh, and um. Okay, I had a roll for a bleep. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, so, alright, so what I'm going to do is I've, I've already got... Um, what does it take to, to ready a weapon? Just You already have it at the ready. You readied it on the way in. Well, what yeah, I know that. But I mean, is it is when you go to ready a weapon in combat, mm -hmm. is that like uh, free action? Is that an action? Yeah, free action. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do, actually is I'm basically going to ready myself to throw the spear that I have, mm -hmm. but I'm going to ready another spear. So I'm going to pull out another spear, basically hold it, get ready. Oh, oh okay, so you're wanting... To, okay, so the way I'm going to do spears is it's a quick action to have it at the ready. So you have this one already ready when you walked into this. You were ready. Yes. So you to pull another one out and to throw it, if that's what you're going to do two times in a row? Um, no, I wasn't going to throw two. I was okay. literally just so that... Basically, I'm gonna throw one and then have another one out ready to sure. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it, part of your move action. If you're gonna move forward any, you can pull one out. It's a quick thing. It's like you know, you're walking along the hallway okay. and your phone goes off. We don't even, at this point in uh, <laughs> in our society, we don't even think we it's like it's just magically there. in our hand, ready yeah. to go. So okay. you're a, a seasoned warrior. Gotcha. Then basically, I'm gonna be like simultaneously readying, readying myself to throw the spear mm -hmm. as I pull one out. Okay. I'm gonna throw the first one okay. and then ready the second one. For okay. Fighting kind of a thing. Cool. No, I love that. So okay, give me a throw and attack as you uh, launch this jab, uh, this spear at Gorshin's chest. Uh, what is that? A nine? Yeah, that's a nine. Uh, plus four, thirteen. Okay, you are able to hit. Um, with a con you hit his kinetic armor class, it's so attack bonus, right? Yep. Right, yeah. So uh, this spear goes deep into the into one of this Kasatha's forearms, and he winces with the other one, one of the other ones, and it holds it. Uh, and you have your next spear at the ready. Do you want to move in closer? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna close. Move. The okay. Yeah. You move up right up next to him. Um. And so it's his turn. He has one arm basically useless, one arm on it, but as a Kasafa, he's got two more arms, and one of those arms has a pistol. Mm -hmm. He pulls it up. He's like... Real quick, before we move forward. Sure. How, with damage for a throw, is that any damage? Oh, shit, I'm sorry. You didn't roll damage. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, it does the same damage. Same damage yeah. as a throw or mm -hmm. attacking. Okay. Yeah, that's just a D6. Okay. Do I add anything to that? Or? Uh, strength, yeah. Yeah, yeah, add your strength. Uh, bonus, so plus three. Okay, I wasn't sure. Because, yeah, because the strength... Points of throw. Yeah. Okay. Okay, six points of damage. As uh, this spear is stuck in his arm, he's like, Sorry, Roshan, it's only business, you know. And he shoots with his pistol. 
Okay, that definitely hits your uh, energy armor class. Um, is this red azimuth pistol, and he fires. It hits your EAC for... Okay, only one point of damage as uh, you take this shot. It's, it, it, it sinks into your flesh from through your solar armor, so you do you are scored a hit. Now it's Blib's turn. And really quick, just so I know, what is does that hit hit points? Does that hit stamina, stamina first, and then when stamina is all the way depleted, then it'll go in your hit points. Okay, cool. Um, so now it is Blib's turn. He's he's in shock. He is he is stunned. Then he sees the murder of his family. Sees you defending. Uh, sees you, and he just runs up and starts clawing. Just. Just hands go down. He just looks feral as he runs across the room, leaps off the bed, and swipes down at Gorshin's face. Oh, uh, 12 on the die, plus uh, the plus 2 for being next to you, because now you're in flank, and uh, he has a plus 1 to attack. Um, he hits, and he claws all the way down the... Pictures will be posted on Hextrude Heroes' Instagram of uh, all these cool little monsters, but this... Basically, Cone Head is just raked with three Isoki claws, and he takes max damage. Five points of damage as these claws rake through. Blib is heavy breathing, his eyes crazed, hair on end, and it is now your turn again, Roshan. You uh, spend a moment to attune again to Graviton? Yes. Okay. So, another, so... In future, you're going to want to keep track of this. I don't mind helping you out, but eventually you're going to know this like yeah. the back of your hand. So you attune once again to Graviton as you focus your energies on the graphitic side of the Solarian abilities. And you have the spear ready. You're going to stab at him? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to... Go ahead. I'm just going to just... Yeah. Yep. Um, we have the same color die, so I'll keep them separate. <laughs> I'll okay, cool. Down. I just got No, you're good. I just used black earlier because I'm like, haha, I'm the death dealer. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to put the steer, spear in his chest. Okay. Okay, eleven plus four. Okay, so fifteen plus another two because um, you're standing right next to Blib, and you stab at him. Uh, seven points of damage. Uh, this this one goes into his gut, and he goes down to one knee. He looks up. You're taking this really personally, Roshan. I don't understand it. I never have. And he fires at you. Okay, that definitely doesn't hit. As uh, <laughs> as he's he's now on his knees. He's unstable. He is very close to losing. He's he's on his knees. He's he doesn't have a whole lot of fight in his. His shot goes wide and it just blasts into the uh, cavern ceiling above you. Um, now it's Blib's turn. You monster. You monster! We did nothing to you! You killed two children and my dear wife for a couple credits! And he's going to uh, full round attack, just double swipe. Now the way it works in Starfinder is anyone can do two attacks in one round. This is a full attack action, so you couldn't move and do this. Okay. But as a full round, you can attack twice, but it takes a massive penalty. Okay. But because he has lost his ever love, he's lost his his life is over. He doesn't yeah. care. So two swipes, minus four to each. Well, minus three because it was plus one. Actually, only a minus one because 
Okay. <laughs> Neither of those hit as a two and a five on the die minus a lot. Uh, he just impotently swipes. He's not able to connect. I imagine. He's just like in a fury, so he's not yep. even like focused. He doesn't even... Yeah, he's just... just Reacting, just he's not a fighter. No, he's not. He's he's a he literally works in the Billings department. Mm-hmm. He's he's not wearing his suit now, but he's got Isoki dad jeans on. So uh, he just impotently swipes, just all all sense of Isoki dumb, uh, completely wiped. As you stand above him, spear in hand, his blood on your spear. This is your third turn for Graviton. You are now fully attuned. You want to inv- enact it? How, how does it work? Exactly? I haven't done Graviton, so yeah, we right. can do it right now. Okay. Black Hole, when you're fully Graviton attuned as a standard action, you can pull any number of creatures within 20 feet of you. What's that? You choose which creatures are affected and which ones aren't. You're right next to them. Solid objects, creatures. Oh fuck! You don't really get damage for this. Oh, okay, so it's it's more of just like pulling people to you. Yeah, so. and you can choose which one. So uh, unfortunately, right now, it doesn't really make it doesn't do a whole sense. lot. But you are fully attuned. The crackling of this blue solar armor just envelops you, and the whole room is bathed in your light. Um, you'd almost think an angel had arrived, but this angel is an angel of death. So are you gonna finish him? Yeah. Um, do you want to say anything to him? Uh, first, quick question. Mm-hmm. He still has my spear stuck in him. He has one of your spears. Oh, yeah, right. you you stabbed at him, and it's like a. Yeah. What, what does it What does it take to to retrieve that? I'm just curious. Um, just just a, it's you can do yeah you can pull it back out if you want. Okay. Yeah, that's just, just a, right. it's right there. So I mean, yeah, you could. Okay. Um, what I'm what I'm gonna uh, actually. With the graviton, does it only pull people or anything? You can, yeah, you can. So I could, I could literally just oh shit for flavor, yeah. just yeah. like please yeah. use yeah. it yeah. To, yeah. To, to rip it out yeah. of them, kind of a Do thing. Do it, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna you walk. I'll even say you can turn it as you pull it out mm-hmm. if you okay. want. Um, this guy is close to death. Basically, yeah. anything you do is gonna kill him. I want you to do it cinematically. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um. Alright, so then um, I'm going to, like, I assume I'm, like, just, like, I'm not far away. I'm close range. You are, yeah, you are, yeah. Your, um, your, spear, your tactical spear doesn't have reach, so you yeah. are right, you're about five feet away from him. Mm-hmm. He is at your knees, breathing heavily, um, one arm gripping another arm that has a spear in it. He's got his hand around the wound. One, one of his other hands has the pistol pointed mm-hmm. at you. It's wavering. He's, he's on his last, and the other one's just... Hanging at his side. Okay, um, and these spears are they are they like? Would you say that they have an edge at all? Like, yeah. Like if I wanted to do a slash with one of the spears, like, yes, yeah, 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 rather than a yep. stab. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, cool. So I'm gonna I'm going to uh, just kind of reach my my hand out to my side and focus the uh, uh, with gravitron graviton graviton. Uh, focus the graviton energy and pull the spear out um, of his was his arm. arm. Yeah, pull the spear out of his arm and just basically just catch it in my my hand. Okay. Um, and he winces in pain again as it's ripped out of his flesh yeah. and it cuts his hand on its way out. I assume. I've, so I now you have two. Some, yeah. You now have two spears in two your spears hands. In my hands. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then um, uh, I'm just gonna say. Uh, Gorshin, you, 
You follow Ingvod blindly, and you relish at his every command. But I know that as, as long as I stay here, as long as I work for him, this is never going to end. He's always going to try to keep his his uh, claws in me in some way, shape, or form. And then I'm just going to um, I'm going to take the spear. I'm, I'm going to do a double attack, so this mm-hmm. would be a negative four per. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, so roll them both right now, and uh, I'll do the math. We'll do the math together. Okay. Okay, so add them all together first. Uh, your. Oh yeah, so it'd be it'd be twelve plus four, so sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, minus minus four. Okay, right? no. Okay, so okay. Let's do uh, your low roll first. So ten plus four, so fourteen. So that hits. Plus, plus two another for two for flanking, so flanking. sixteen. Minus four. That's twelve. Twelve. Right. That still hits. Okay. The other one hits two because it's even higher. So yes, with both of these, you just go. You just okay. um, actually so what you tell I'm, me. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the the spear in my left hand, and I'm going to. It jam it directly like into his like sternum, mm-hmm. I guess. Yep. I dead center it, of his chest. Dead center of his chest. And then I'm just gonna take the 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 right one and um I don't know if I'd be successful in this, but my intent you is hit. to my intent is to uh like literally just kinda do a spin and decapitate him with the end of the spear. Sure. Yeah, you hit. Uh he was very close to death anyway. Roll for damage. Two D six plus four. Minimum damage. Uh, actually, no. So each attack, so six damage and five damage. Eleven points of damage. As yes, you you stab him into the sternum, and then with the right, cut his head off. Um, <laughs> his head goes falling down over, and blood just starts spilling all over this toy chest. And uh, and um, basically, so what I've done is I've I've just kind of cut him. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, as I do it, I just kind of do a spin and face back out towards the door, like like a flourish. Um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you kind follow of like a, the movement through exactly um, the momentum of you turning. I'm not going to look at Blib at all. Like I know he's obviously probably just an immense amount of pain right now. Um, I'm going to walk to the door. Um, I'm going to say, "I'm sorry about your family, Blib. I, I tried what I could, but..." In the end, you brought this on your family, and I just walk out. And he just slumps. You hear, you hear the. He thump. He fell to his knees before. This time, he just collapses in on himself, and he just starts wailing. He is just beyond yeah. horrified at everything. He thought. Give you a peek into his own mind. He thought. He was due for a big win. He thought this was going to get him out of Akaton. He was going to. Start start new on a lush world maybe even something tropical he was going to treat his family the way they deserve to be treated he had worked so long he had sacrificed much he'd lost much in these and you knew this from his uh, Billings history that this could have been this time next week he would have been in paradise but instead he is surrounded by the death of his family everything Mm -hmm. he's ever done he has his faults and obviously, Roshan, like, he's upset that, that everything mm-hmm. turned out the way that it did. But at the same time, like... You're in your own head right now as yeah. you walk out. You leave the mm-hmm. back door and you walk out of the building just kind of in a haze, just mm-hmm. in your head. All of your memories of your childhood, of your adolescence, 
uh, everything you had to go through to get to where you are now, and you don't feel that you've moved a single step since that fateful day. Yeah. Uh, uh, you take the elevator, but you take it up instead of down, so you can look. Oh. So as you're going up in the elevator, you see around you tattered posters, help wanted, jobs available, tutoring for various alien languages, and on the door is a flapping one with a with a human woman pointing up at you. The Starfinders want you to join. Then at the bottom of the poster, uh, semi-fine print, maybe you focus in on it because you're just staring, you got that thousand yard stare, you're just staring at it. At the bottom of this poster it says, Regrouping after the Scoured Stars incident, the Starfinders are accepting anyone and everyone to join their ranks. Come to Absalom Station and see what we can offer you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's it's peeling, it's flapping. There's more posters for uh, certain rock bands: Abyss Head, uh, Strawberry Machine Cake have a concert that's coming to Ekaton next summer. And you're just standing there, and you take this elevator all the way up, and it opens up to the top floor, which is basically uh, a parking lot on top of this cavern, barren world, and you're looking around and dust is swirling around it's red it's massive the sun has set it's gorgeous and you see Gorshin Shuttle this, you know Gorshin Shuttle you and Gorshin have bu- bumped into each other over the years mm-hmm. you, and, you and him were probably some of Ingvod's top men probably have had to do jobs together totally line. absolutely yeah, he, you may, yeah you may not have been friends but you all you all answered to Ingvod mm-hmm and I'm going to say you're just in this 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 haze and I want you to walk me through where you're at mentally Roshan he walks up to the walks up to the shuttle um is there any form of locks or it's Ingvod's shuttle Gorshin had it okay. but you know you, so uh yeah you you know the passcode for this you and Gorshin have gone on missions before cool. in the shuttle so yeah he wouldn't have thought to change it so yeah, you punch in a code, it slides open. It's a small shuttle, okay. Room enough for four or five other people, and you sit in the pilot seat for a moment, and you're in, just in your head right now, yeah. staring at the viewport, or staring, staring, sorry, staring out the forward viewport. Okay. Um. So it, I'm sitting there for a moment, and I'm just kind of like, just reflecting on everything that just happened, and my my I guess my. Um, emotions want me to get up and exact my own personal revenge on uh, Ingvod myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I, I realized, you know, that would be basically a, a, a what's that called? Like a suicide mission, because I'm sure he's got plenty of other strong, strong people just like yep. myself. Or, yep. You know that you and Gorshin were his top men, but. Maybe the, the urge to go all John Wick on them isn't... You ever see John Wick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the urge to go all full John Wick on them is tempting to you? Yeah. But then um, ultimately, like, I decide that, you know, bloodshed only leads to more bloodshed leads to more bloodshed. And um, so instead, I decide to cut my ties to this planet like I should have done years ago. And... Um, I decide that um, maybe I've been going about it 
wrong this whole time. Um, I thought that staying here and uh, letting letting Ingvod use me as his his henchman was a, a good enough life, and as long as I was able to survive by that means. Mm-hmm. Reflecting reflecting on on Blib and how he was, you know, so close to earning enough money to basically start a new life, and um, I'm realizing I'm, I'm literally in the same position just in my own I, of course I don't have the family but anymore exactly mm-hmm. I don't have the family anymore but um, I, I am also in this cycle of being used by uh, Ingvod just like Blib was um, realizing this I decide that you know I'm, I'm going to do what Blib should have done what my father should have done and I'm going to break the cycle, and I take off to go join the Starfinders. Okay, you are you know this ship fairly well. It's not a very difficult ship. You fire up the engines. It takes you a few moments to uh, exit the atmosphere of Akaton. You punch in the coordinates for Absalom Station, and the way uh, space travel works, uh, there's drift engines. This ship is capable of traveling within the drift, and we'll go over what the drift is uh, later, you and I, when we're all together. But uh, the way it works is, Absalom Station has this thing called the Star Stone that makes it very easy for ships to find their way back to Absalom Station. So, oh my god, six. I'm going to tell you this, and listeners, you already know this, because um, the way I'm going to be doing these is going to put them in order of how I do them. Each group has had to, I've rolled a d6 to see how long it took them. Each one took six days. So all of these events, I, I promise you, I'm not fudging these rolls. <laughs> six days. We're all going to basically be happening at the same time. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of thought of planning it that way, but I couldn't have. So yes, for six days, you engage the drift engines, you enter the, the plane of existence that is the drift, and for six days you're traveling in this nebulous, yes, plane of existence, and on the sixth day you pop out and you approach Absalom Station. That's where we're going to leave it. Stay tuned for when all of these heroes, <laughs> all of these hex grid heroes, meet up in the first full episode of our Starfinder campaign. <laughs>